In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I find that um, I am easily sensitive to um, things that happen around me. And very often when things happen that um, happen in such a way that I, I think they shouldn't happen, I start to get upset. I don't know, are you, if, are you like me? You, you know, and one of those things that I see right now that I see around me is I see and hear of people, I know of people who are struggling, who are struggling with sickness. Um, cancer is one in particular that seems to be just, when you look and you listen to people around you, you realize so many people are struggling physically. And our struggle is not just physical, but also emotional, spiritual, Mental, so many are grieving, so many are sighing, so many are struggling with depression. Uh, there, there is trouble and trial and sorrow everywhere when you look. Um, and uh, the answer is not to ignore it, but when we see it, uh, the answer really is to ask and to ask God and to say, why? Why is this like this? Why is this going on? Do you, like me, say, what are you doing, Lord? What is going on? Well, that's what I say. And asking why, the very asking of why, is, um, is in and of itself a quality that shows that we know the truth. The truth with a capital T. And the truth is that it is not supposed to be like this. And every fiber of our being knows that when we see and experience suffering in our own lives and in those lives of people that we care about. It is not supposed to be like this. This is not the way God wants it to be, and it's not the way he intended it to be. But he created us in such a way, way back at the beginning of all creation, he made Adam and Eve, and he made them in such a way that they were able to rebel. C.S. Lewis says so wisely that if they hadn't been able to rebel on some level, then God would have simply been making automatons for himself, robots, a toaster with a button. You press the button and out pops the toast. Or like mine, it just burns. Um, <laughs> but uh, we would be automatons without this option of rebelling. And yet through this rebellion, through the sin that has entered the world, so also has suffering and sadness and sickness and even death entered. There's the bad news. It's here. Suffering is real and sin is real and death is real. And now as my sisters would say, okay, Debbie Downer, where are you going from here? <laughs> Don't call me Debbie, but they do. And they, then they point to that and they say, oh, you're, uh, it's too, too dark. Well, the thing is, we have to be aware of the bad news and know, um, know the darkness before we can tell the light for what it is. And the truth is that God has made us as strangers and foreigners in this world. We are strangers in the midst of suffering. When we recognize this is not what it's like, this is not what it's meant to be like, this is not what God wants, this is not the way it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like this because earth in this way is not our home. Just like those great saints of, those, of the past, those Old Testament saints that um, the writer to the Hebrews is talking about. 
just like, and he doesn't tell us, and we skipped over Enoch and uh, Adam and Noah, and then he lands on Abraham, and he looks at Abraham, and he says, he describes his faith, and he says that Abraham, along with all these other Old Testament saints, they themselves were strangers and foreigners on earth. They knew that earth was not their home, and they looked up. And so I believe that is the word for us today. In the midst of sorrow and suffering, in the midst of sin, in the midst of trial and sadness, look up. Jesus says to look up. This writer says through this letter, look up and look at Jesus. Look at what God has done for us. He has given us a righteous Savior. He has given us one who would take us back home, back to that place, Um, back to an even better place, to a heavenly city. And so we see that just as Scripture begins in a garden, a perfect garden of Eden, it ends in a heavenly city, an Edenic New Jerusalem, one where every tear is wiped away. And that is the picture that we see at the end of Scripture in Revelation. Heaven is our home and a renewed and perfected earth is our home. That is our eternal home. So it's no wonder why when we see suffering, we say, this is not right. We look up, and we look up to Jesus and to God our Father, and we look up with faith. Faith, and as this author says, faith is the assurance of things hoped hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is not blind because faith um, is trust. Faith is an action of trusting in someone who is infinitely trustworthy. Um, And we get get this example of Abraham. And if you remember the story throughout Genesis, you'll remember that Abraham was not perfect. Abraham was a broken and sinful man. And Abraham was not even just a broken and sinful man, but he didn't always have the faith that... um, hindsight and retrospection has given to him. Yes, he did have faith. He did. But he also did things that displayed a distinct distrust, a a wondering, when, Lord, when are you going to fulfill your promises? That promise of that uh, long-awaited child, Isaac. Um, Abraham put his trust in other things, and we saw from the lesson, um, not the lesson we had today, but the lesson we had this morning, that Abraham had even put his trust in an heir, an adopted son, because he was waiting for God to fulfill the promise, and it hadn't happened yet. And then he obeyed Sarah, and he went and he had a child with Hagar, because he thought that would help. Then I'll have a son. If I just do this, then it will work. He was distrusting God's promise. And yet, uh, he did, in fact, have faith. He did, in fact, put his trust on, in some measure, in the God who saves, in the God of our fathers. And this faith that he might have had, that he is extolled as having, it might have been, as Jesus said, faith as small as a mustard seed. Mustard seed is teeny tiny, like a, like a freckle, like a speck on the ground, like something you wouldn't even notice. And so for us, as we are in this world strangers and foreigners, as we might be tempted to despair uh, over the way the world is, the way our own hearts are, even in that moment of saying, even in that moment of recognizing our despair and saying, why, Lord? 
We can say, we believe, help our unbelief, like that man that Jesus encounters on his way down the Mount of Transfiguration. We can even say, my faith is so tiny you can't even see it with a microscope. Make it bigger. Or, I don't think I even have any faith. God, would you give me faith if you're out there? Would you give me faith? Because the fact is that our faith is not even a work in and of itself. Our faith is simply a giving over of our, ourselves, a throwing up of our hands and saying, we don't know, but someone does know. And that someone with a capital S is faithful. As this same writer to the Hebrews says in the chapter that precedes this, he who promises is faithful. He who has given us this vision and this promise of this heavenly city, of this redemption through Jesus, he is faithful and he has sent his son to enter into the heavenly places to go before us and to prepare a way. And Martin Luther, the great Martin Luther, said that Christ first crossed over. And I think of this crossing over as not only being the um, crossing through the curtain. This is the image that Hebrews uses. That curtain that divides God and man. That curtain that separates us. That curtain that represents the sin that keeps us out of God's presence. That would condemn us. And yet, Jesus himself, by his death, has entered through that curtain to atone for our sins, to bring us with him into the presence of a holy God so that we might be transformed into his likeness, so that we might find at the end of our days that death is not the final answer. And that in fact, when we die, sin dies, and yet through faith, faith even as tiny as the speck on the ground, we will rise. We will rise with our Lord and Savior Jesus We will rise to everlasting life, and we will find our home, our home in that heavenly city. And so Luther says, Christ crossed over first of all, and he smoothed the exceedingly rough road. For he who relies on Christ through faith is carried on the shoulders of Christ. All we have to do is relax. Christ will carry us there. And so for that we can say, thanks be to God.